I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, as always, of course, my my partner in, uh, in space bounty hunting and, um, you know, Maybe in life. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I think it might just be easier for the insurance at some point. It's Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. <laughs> How you doing, Space Cowboy? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm also doing well, yeah. Um it's been a little dreary in my uh, neck of the neighborhood uh the last couple of days. So you know, that kind of brings a certain, you know, malaise. Mm-hmm. But certain uh but I'm feeling, feeling I'm feeling all right. I hope you can sense that. Oh well, yeah, I'm no, okay. You, you seem you seem fine. Um, I I we have well, I think <laughs> before this episode's recorded, we hadn't decided. But by the time this episode is out, uh, Nick and I, and I'm putting this out on the broadcast, so we have to finish it. Nick and I have uh, put together our first little comic, and uh, it's just a little one pager, but it's out there for the world to enjoy by the time this okay. is hitting the radio waves. So. Whoa! Find us on social media and uh, check that out. This this really feels targeted to me. Uh, <laughs> oh no, Nick, you've been doing great. You've been doing great. On I'm just saying this so that like both of us have to make sure this gets done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God. Okay. Okay. No, I'm fine. I said I was fine. I'm fine. <laughs> you're good. not. You're not fine now that I've said that. No, no, it, it's exciting. It, it it's cool that we kind of you know it's a fairly simple you know thing. It was really just sort of to 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 test the waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I look forward to like looking back on it. You know, ten years from now, being like, wow, that was hot garbage. Only because I'd like to think that ten years from now, I'm a lot better. You know what I mean? It was a <laughs> right. stepping stone. Right. We'll be sipping uh, champagne and. Uh riding on our Lamborghini yachts and being like, oh, remember when we put that out? <laughs> <laughs> yes, from our lucrative comic careers yeah. <laughs> that totally happened. Yep, because we all know that Brian K. Vaughn lives on a yacht. Uh, before we bring our guests on and introduce the topic, there's one other thing I, I want to say, um, which is after this episode, we are going to be taking a brief little hiatus. Uh, it'll just be a month long, um, as I've spoken about on the show, I am in a teaching program right now, and it's just a very intense time for me with a lot of commitments there. So we are just uh, going to take a little break. In the meantime, you're still going to see stuff on the feed. We're gonna we're gonna you know work with some of our our friends and collaborators, get some of their shows on the feed. So you have some new stuff you haven't checked those out yet. We're gonna get those episodes up there. So make sure you're checking those out. And uh, giving our friends some love, but just don't want people being surprised after this episode because I'll be putting it out on social media. But in case you don't follow us there, I just don't want anybody being surprised. Like, hey, they haven't put out an episode for a couple of weeks. We will be back. It's mid-November right now. We will be back in mid-December with all new episodes, keeping it going. So there we go. But enough of that. Enough of all that business. Let's get on with the show. What we're here to talk about, and we're here with a guest. It's not going to get confusing at all. No, not in any way, shape, or form. 
It is David of the Shonen Flop Podcast. David, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, hey. I was uh I feel like I'm one of those people that's like on the side of the stage. I can like walk in and like wave to the audience now and sit down in the chair next to the two yeah. hosts. Yeah, there's <laughs> which uh, one of, which one of you is uh, Conan and which one is uh, Andy Richter in this uh relationship for lack of a better term. <laughs> oh, I, I would be the Conan and Nick would be the Andy Richter. Uh, that explains that explains what? the hair. Oh, you don't you don't you think you're the you're the Conan in the situation? I, I don't really get the I mean like I know oh. the I, uh, I'll take Andy Richter. That's I, fine. I, I mean, He's pretty like, great. Yeah, Andy Richter is is Conan's comedic equal. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm they're, not looking down on you by calling you an Andy Richter. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I think he saved the universe once, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was a great sitcom. It was. It really was. And if only that's what we were here to talk about, uh, but it's not. But before we get to our topic, David, tell us what the heck is the Shonen Flop Podcast? Oh, thanks so much for asking. So Shonen Flop is a show where me and my co-host Jordan, who definitely is the Andy, just to clarify, we take a look at, um, sorry, we take a look at manga that ran in Shonen Jump. Shonen Jump, it's where a lot of really big series started from Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z. That's all where they got started, but not every series can be a winner. And sometimes a series is going to run for not 500 chapters, but is lucky to be there for 25 and we take a look saying what did it do wrong what did it right and ultimately was it a flop or not um and it's been fun we've we've read a lot of really awesome works from some of those really big name brand creators uh so you really see a lot of interesting hidden gems and see where some writers get started mm. what well, yeah i was gonna ask what's like a diamond in the rough like that had a lot of potential but didn't get you know if, if it had a hundred chapters that we'd all be talking about it all the time but it only got you know a, a little bit of little bit of time. So this series actually hasn't been canceled yet, mm. but Robin Hood, uh, sorry, Hunter's Guild Red Hood. It's by actually like the protege of the guy who made My Hero Academia. In mm. that series, I really really enjoyed it, but I would say it's probably got about three chapters left because it's just in the death spiral right now. Um, yeah, but it was a really really fun read. Um, and then another one, some other ones we loved was Time Paradox Ghost Rider, which was about a guy who was plagiarizing Shonen Jump from the future because his his microwave turned into a time machine. And then Mora King, which was what if a bunch of bugs turned into people and had to th- uh, decide who was truly the strongest bug in the world through things like eating, uh, through things like eating competition and stuff. And it's it was actually very entertain or educational, edutainment about bugs. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, people need to to check that. I'm going to check that out. That actually sounds I'm, super I'm interesting. Intrigued. Oh, yeah. It was a really fun series. Um, I'm looking at your your website right here, and I, I just want to mention this real quick because I, I see Shonen Flop recommends number four is Kaguya-sama Love is War, and I cannot recommend that series enough. Uh, oh, yeah. People should check out. Uh, that's a super, super great show. Yeah, season three got announced recently. Though yes. I, I actually don't really watch anime, so I've been following the manga, which is unfortunately in its final arc. Hmm. Well, you know, I think it's better for all things to like have an, an ending in mind, or like mm-hmm. eventually to work towards an ending rather than just like, and we'll just see where this. Uh, okay, it's over. Great. Uh, <laughs> no, no. That's true. How sad. Anyway. All that great stuff and very relevant to what we're going to be talking about here. We're not talking Andy Richter. Uh, was it Andy Richter saves the universe or any of <laughs> Andy Richter's failed shows? But yeah. we're going to talk about Cowboy Bebop.
This neo-noir anime series from 1998 takes place in 2071 and follows the crew of the Bebop, a ship carrying bounty hunters Spike Spiegel, Jet Black, and Faye Valentine as they chase bounties, escape their pasts, and deal with the ennui of space. Also, Ed and Ayn are there too. I just realized that the also and the two are redundant, but I've already said it. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we share our own personal histories with the topic. Oh, and this one, normally... As people know, we get guests that come on and they bring something that they haven't watched in a long time or haven't read and we we watch it. But this was another week like Animaniacs we did where Netflix has a new series coming out this very week when you're listening to this. And mm-hmm. uh, we thought it might be interesting. Let's go revisit the anime. See, a lot of people love it. A lot of people have memories. But, you know, how many of us have, like, watched it since then or how many of us saw it when we were teenagers and thought it was the greatest thing ever and have just held on to that uh, long-held belief we'll dig into that before we do this is where we share our own personal histories with the topic david you so graciously agreed to be on this episode why don't you tell us your history with cowboy bebop Sure. So I definitely, it was definitely a big part of my childhood. I really grew up with the start of Adult Swim. And I remember seeing that trailer and seeing the the uh, spaceships and saying, wow, I, I want to check that out. So I remember staying up late when I was maybe, oh gosh, maybe 14 years old watching um, Adult Swim so I could just watch Bebop once a week. And it was definitely one of the things that got me, like a lot of people into anime overall as a medium. Mm, definitely. Nick, what about you? I think the story is going to be pretty similar across the board. Uh, Likewise, um, I remember staying up late to watch it on Adult Swim. I think sometimes with parental blessing and occasionally without. (gasps) Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, I mean, it it really was um, sort of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a cultural becoming of sorts. Like it really opened... I think for me, it's almost like there was... I mean, I guess, no, probably at that point, like, you know, you knew about your Dragon Balls and your Pokemans and all that. So it was, <laughs> yep, that's you right, know, Grandpa. so I shouldn't say, I, I take that back. It's not the anime that got, or actually, I take it back back. To me, I guess I didn't really think of Dragon Ball and say Pokemon as, as like anime. They were totally. Um, but I think up until Cowboy Bebop, up until, you know, kind of our, our early, early, early teens, for me at least, Cowboy Bebop kind of unlocked anime potential mm. in my <laughs> heart i guess i'm just i'm trying to make this sound really profound um <laughs> this is reminding me of that scene in like dragon ball z when they're on namek and elder guru like puts his hand and it like unlocks your hidden potential and it's just exactly. <laughs> but you have anime so your hair just like spikes up and your eyes get really big yeah, that sounds about right. Exactly. His love for anime is over 9000 <laughs> uh, something anyway uh so i so yeah, I, I Cowboy Bebop had a a really big uh, impact on me, uh, and I I want to say that I, I've revisited it here or there. I'm not big on going back to things, um, but I definitely you know like whoa the Blu-ray is coming out. I should own that and maybe mm-hmm. never actually po- or popped it in like once and watched an episode or two over the last like 20 years. Um, but beyond that, really hadn't gone back in a meaningful way until today. Oh, yeah. I, I personally, I haven't watched it since maybe 2012. Oh, so wow. I appreciate you giving me the chance to rewatch this classic. Oh, of, of course. And I think 
as probably a little bit that uh, for all of us. Well, I- I've revisited it more recently. Th- let me explain. Um, so similar-ish stories, you know. Um, I, like Nick, you know, was watching Cow... Not Cow... I uh, was watching, like, Pokemon and Digimon and Dragon Ball Z and, and all of that, like... It's anime. It 100% is. But it was, like, it was cartoons airing in the afternoon, you know? It was still mm-hmm. playing with all these, like, other cartoons. So it didn't really necessarily feel, like, that different. And then Adult Swim started when I was around, like, 13, 14. I remember staying up and watching it. And also... Like it did, it totally changed things for me. Like, oh man, this is an animated show, but there's blood and and like there's all this existential crises and you know all these like really like heavy topics. Um, and it, it's just like it was so cool and stylized, and I just was so enamored with it. I, I fell in love with Cowboy Bebop, um, and watched it every chance I got on Adult Swim. Um, and this was back like. For people who don't remember when Adult Swim started, if you have any like younger fans in the audience here, uh, like we had no way of knowing what the next episode was going to be on. Like you just had to watch Adult Swim. That was the only way you were seeing Cowboy Bebop. There was no other channel playing it. There was nowhere else at the time you could really get it. And then that like led to me uh, finding Samurai Comics, which really unlocked a lot of my nerdiness in life because they rented. Mm-hmm anime dvds and uh like this was just such a springboard for me into anime and like they're like fully coolly played on there as well and i was just like exposure to all this stuff i wouldn't have seen and i started seeking it out and i found it and i found what was a really like impactful community on my life for a very long time like it's weird to say that cowboy bebop sort of changed my life at the time that it was coming out um and i realized Mm -hmm. i was like a teenager but like it really did and it really like set me on a course of of who I became. Um that's very dramatic. <laughs> and uh I have I'm crying. I'm yeah, crying. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I've been crying since the start of the show. I'm uh, just getting I mean, so emotional oh when gosh. I record the whole time. <laughs> so I don't think I, I've ever done a dry recording. Uh <laughs> I revisited kind of like here and there. I never owned the DVDs because there was also this really annoying thing they used to do with anime DVDs where they would have like two episodes where they'd have like just a few episodes and there's not like series. There wasn't like seasons. So you would just have to keep buying DVDs with like, you know, four or five episodes of whatever series. And, uh, and that was just a real pain. Um, I bought Mm -hmm. the Blu-ray a few years back and did last year start watching it again. And I was like, Oh, I think my girlfriend who really likes anime would watch this. Uh, she did, I mean, she didn't hate it, but, like, it just didn't, like, click with her, so we kind of fell off of it, so I didn't finish my rewatch, um, but that leads us here today, where I, I have now completed the last few episodes that I was uh, that I was kind of missing there. So let's dig into it, but before we do, Nick, can you tell us about the world's history with Cowboy uh, Bebop? Ah, uh, yeah, my time to shine. Um, so, and I quote... So long as there's a spaceship in it, you can do whatever you want. These were the instructions given to Cowboy Bebop director Shinichiro Watanabe. Let me know if I butcher any of this. Shin, Shin, uh, who was, what was that? Shinichiro Watanabe. Shinichiro Watanabe. <laughs> who was, there's going to be more. Who was brought on to develop an anime that would sell toys for Bandai. Uh, Bebop was Watanabe's first solo directing gig, having previously worked on Macross Plus. 
uh, and Mobile Suit Gundam uh, 0083 Stardust Memory. Rounding out the primary creative forces on the project were screenwriter Keiko Nobumoto, character designer Toshihiro Kawamoto, mechanical art designer Kimitoshi Yamane, and composer Yoko Kano. The group worked under the collective pseudonym Hajime Yatate. Did I get that? Yeah, that sounds right. Works for me. For production company Sunrise. However, early footage of the show displeased Bandai and they pulled funding. It floundered in development hell until Bandai's sister company, Bandai Visual, (laughs) (laughs) uh, took over. Unencumbered from having to sell toys, Watanabe and company went about developing a show that would appeal to both adolescents and adults alike. Uh, Various inspirations for Bebop were the song Space Cowboy by uh, Jamiro. Jamiroqua, uh, which I literally learned that today with my wife, yeah, uh, no who pulled up the song, and then we were like, "Oh my god!" It actually, it literally in like the wiki or whatever references Cowboy Bebop. I did not know that. Hmm. Uh, the anime series Lupin the uh, Third, and it pulls cultural and aesthetic designs from places such as New York City and Hong Kong. Yoko Kano actually developed a, a whole blues and jazz band called Seatbelts to perform the series' music. Needless to say, the music has become pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, Watanabe took a lot of inspiration from Kano's music, developing new material for the show based on the songs. There's a lot we could say about the development history, but to get to the point, Cowboy Bebop debuted on TV Tokyo on April 3rd, 1998. In the U.S., so just to be clear, the only two countries that matter in the world are Japan and the U.S. USA. 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 U. U. The show was the first anime to debut on Cartoon Network's late-night adult swim block. The show was a critical and commercial success, and Cowboy Bebop has gone on to be a cultural touchstone in pop culture, with many believing it believing it is considered a gateway drug into the diverse realm of anime. In 2021, a new live-action TV show starring John Cho will debut on Netflix. This, as we've sort of said. Some yeah. stuff gets repeated. But it's a, like sometimes when we're talking in the beginning, it's like some things get... Uh, unintentionally like no one's probably read the history besides me but like the details come up i'm like crap i'm gonna repeat this soon oh no it's mm-hmm. it's all good and i think that you called it the gateway drug into into the realm of anime because it this i have referred to the oh, yeah. show many times as like the gateway anime yeah i completely with you also i'm with you the pronunciation my podcast we actually have a dude who gives us pronunciation guides for everything and when I read Patreon names, some Patreon names I just can't say, so I like shorten their name or I f- them up. So, <laughs> yeah, we have this guy um, Trafalgar Wolfwood, and I call him T Wolfwood because I just cannot consistently say the first <laughs> word of his name. Well, yeah, it's it's like you can it. tell you can you can give me the correction and I'll say it the first time, but when you're like just speed reading something or whatever, it just it just comes, you know, the baseline comes back. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you made an effort and that's really like what matters. You weren't just <laughs> like, oh, you, you know, oh, some some Japanese people put together a TV show. That that would be bad. Don't do that. <laughs> David, you sound like you sound like a baseball coach. You're like, you know what, buddy, you struck out. But yeah. did you have fun? Right. Did yeah. You, then Nick, you didn't waste your time. And hey, Nick, yeah, hey, let's go get a snow cone, huh? I was oh, gonna say we're yeah. gonna go to, we're gonna go get you a frosty from Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, that's man, a snow cone and a frosty. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> big, ready. Big day. You must have really had a rough time on that baseball diamond. <laughs> oh, so Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. One thing I love and revisiting it now as an adult is like the aesthetic of it. I, I, I mean, I love the aesthetic of it because it is basically okay. What if in 1998 
we had colonized the the known like the universe or the galaxy I, I i never remember which one's which i guess the galaxy we we had we had colonized the galaxy but it's still the technology level of 1998 yeah i, I like how the spaceships are all driven like motorcycles which mm-hmm. was a very interesting choice because you know the we have spaceships and they definitely aren't so i thought that was interesting because i feel like motorcycles aren't really a part of like this jazz aesthetic i could certainly see it being a part but i am curious if you guys have any thought of why you think they did such an interesting parallel oh man i I think it's just cool you know motorcycles are cool and they you know it i I guess lends it give you as you said we have spaceships right but comparative to, to say spike's spaceship our spaceships are fairly boring um so i think adding certain elements from things that have a certain um what's where i'm looking for you know in this case these guys are kind of they're not vagrants right but they're wanderers they're Mm -hmm. adventurous so to speak bounty hunters and motorcycles really give that vibe of like the open road and adventure and just sort of going where you can uh so i can see how they might look at certain design aesthetics like that and pull them into the more fantastical designs of say space technology I think uh, to go along with that, I, I agree. I think also it just looks more exciting to have somebody flying mm-hmm. a ship like that um, because, I mean, there's a lot of great sci-fi that I love, but people just sitting in chairs, leaned back, holding onto a steering wheel, like, is not as dynamic uh, as as somebody, <laughs> you know, they're, like they're hunched over and they're holding on and they have to, like, move these handles and their whole body's moving. It's just like, it's very exciting because there's, you know, exciting space battles and, and stuff in here. And it just, it looks... I mean, yeah, it looks cool. And that's one thing I love too. It's like the whole like interior of their ships is just like these glass balls. And there's times in the series where like they eject them and they're just kind of floating out in space. And I'm like, where's the life support? How are they living in these for so long? But at the same time, like, I don't care because they just decided it looks cool and they were right. (laughs) That is true. I mean, everybody just looks so cool. I can imagine like, I wish there was like a Cowboy Bebop episode where they... I think they said chasing a ping pong ball is the one thing that no one looks cool doing. So I'd really love to see like Spike chasing after a ping pong ball and see if he can still make it look cool. I mean, he could, if anybody could, right? Right. I mean, yeah, he's Spike. Spike was the coolest dude when (laughs) I was a teenager. It's like, that's, that's who you wanted to be was Spike Spiegel. I think Spike ha- is interesting because uh, I, I was noticing this with the, with the re- with rewatching the episodes is that Spike has a bit of a cloud strife perception yeah. in the sense that like now like we really see Spike as this like overall like really chill cool can't be bothered dude you know Cloud is you know this sort of dark and brooding bad boy and all that Cloud's a nerd um, <laughs> and and Spike actually complains a lot. You know, which maybe as a kid where I complained a lot about, and I guess as an adult, I complain a lot. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I, that was something surprising to me that like sometimes he was just kind of whiny. Like it wasn't necessarily appealing. Um, uh, there was enough times where he was also suave and cool that kind of made up for it. But I that, that was a new takeaway I hadn't really thought of before. Yeah. I also, um, yeah, because I feel like a lot of people when they're criticizing the new show, though, because they forget just how goofy Spike can also be, though. Yeah. Like with the casino episode that we watched, you know, he's fucking swallowing his cigarette just to be like an asshole. He's swallowing, he swallowed that poker chip just to be a clown. 
And I do think that that's definitely aloofness that I think they're really embraced, perhaps out of all elements of the Spike character um, mm-hmm. that people seem to not remember and place in the more brooding or trying to forget his past elements of Spike. Right, right. Which only comes up a couple of times in the show. A lot of the time, it's like you said, like he's he's pretty aloof. And sometimes he'll like encounter someone and have like a more serious moment because mm-hmm. uh, this show is just on we in space. Um as I've as I've said before, and will likely say again, but you're right. Like he is just kind of like, yeah, wh- whatever. Like nothing really affects me, and uh, I'm just like out here to get the bounty. And if things go sideways, eh, whatever. Just think like, there will be the next bounty. Life, life just yeah. goes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. One thing also I thought was strange is I didn't realize how young Spike is. Mm-hmm. Like Spike is 27 and right. I, I would have definitely added at least a decade right? to yeah. that if I was to have guessed how old he is. Well, it's one of those things, too, when when you're a kid and there are these characters that are in their 20s, like, oh, they're so adult. They're so grown yeah. up. And like, not to say that 27 isn't an adult. I mean, it is. But at the same time, it's like you've done all that and you're only 27. Like it, mm-hmm. it would make more sense if you were like 34 or something. I still exactly. haven't done all that, and I'm 33. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, same. Yeah, it's like Jet. I mean, Jet Two is like 36. Oh God, which that's not that far sh- away for us. I thought yeah. he was like in his 50s. Not, I need I mean, to like I, lose an arm or something. Yeah, I would have thought like in his in his 40s. But as an adult now, I do kind of like think that uh, that Jet is like, oh, Jet's so cool. I want to be like Jet when I'm older. Mm-hmm. When I'm older, it's just a few short years you hey, can man, be jet to. Don't. You just gotta lose an arm, bud. Yeah. yeah. And have whatever that thing is on my face that I've never really understood yeah. what that's supposed to be. <laughs> is, is it just like, was it covering up an injury? Like he just bolted a piece of metal or something on his face? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I guess. That's the best explanation I got. Um, yeah. Another thing I noticed, uh, so I guess. It's not really an aesthetic um, uh, commentary, but I don't think I ever realized that there's actual CGI in Cowboy Bebop. There's not Mm -hmm. a lot, but there's just these moments, like I think, um, like the casino, I think from a distance was done in CGI and little bits here or there Mm -hmm. that are CGI that honestly are fine even today, but like, you know, they haven't aged as well as the rest of the animation. Yeah. There's like a few shots, especially when they're in the ship and like the background, like on Mars is just complete CGI. And you can tell it was just kind of they made like a circular thing and then just kind of put a texture over it. So it looks okay, (laughs) But if you're really looking at it, it doesn't hold up super well. But it is great, though, that we were at the era where there was CGI, but they didn't make the ships CGI, which definitely if this had been made 10 years later, it would have been right yeah watching like stuff now which even um um, space dandy which is another shinjiro watanabe show which is it's pretty Mm -hmm. fun it's it's a bit it's very different uh shinjiro watanabe is just all over the place in terms of tone for his projects um Mm -hmm. not to say that his his tone inside the projects are consistent it's just like he made this and then samurai champloo and space dandy and carol and tuesday and terror and resonance just like the the guy dips his toes in a lot of genre um, but yeah, like the, like there's still, it's still primarily hand-drawn art. Um, and it's, I mean, it really compared to some stuff from 1998 compared to some stuff from like 2016, 
it still looks really good. Yeah. Like it, the, the really style good. of this show looks great. Mm-hmm. There's been, I honestly lately, cause as you know, I've, I've really gotten into, you know, illustrating myself uh, and, you know, when you're developing an art style and all of that, uh, which I still feel like I'm a long way away from, but like you, you're just sort of absorbing, you're like you're a bit more consci- conscientious, more and more critical of like the various art that you take in. And I have found that lately I've like really been drawn to like nineties, late nineties anime aesthetic, either in the character design in some respects, or just something in like the color and the details and the, just the, the vibe that you get um it's just it's just so cool and it really it really does still hold up today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the one character that kind of stands out a bit really is ed because ed doesn't have a nose 90 percent of the time um that we see ed and it's just i don't know they just look strangely a little bit different than the the rest of the characters just <laughs> just me Mm, yeah i can see what you mean i mean it's just like it's just like a lot of the straight on shots of ed don't have a nose and it's just like it's like different compared to everybody else yeah ed i mean ed that's kind of the point is ed kind of plays by different rules like ed doesn't really fit into the gang as well and have they actually shown ed in the netflix trailer because i'm a little worried they cut ed from the show well i don't I think they're cutting him. I think they've Ed's her. going to appear at some or her. Sorry, he's going to appear at some point, but it might be like a season two type right. deal. If, if it gets uh. a second season, because there's only ten episodes in this uh, season coming up, and and Ed doesn't even show up until almost episode ten of the original show. Mm, that's fair. Um, so there's not been anything on that, but Ed is a character too. Like I remember as a kid being like, aha, Ed is, Ed's so cool. And it's so great. And like totally different to me now as an adult. Um, and also like largely inconsequential. It's not, yeah. Ed is mentioned in the last two episodes. Ed is not shown in the last two episodes. Yeah. Well, Ed, there's no way Ed really could have fit into the tone of those episodes. I think is the problem. Right. It's like they needed they needed something a little more light to bring into the show, and so they brought Ed. Yeah, because Ed. It, oh, yeah. Sorry. Go no, for no, it. please, please, you first. I was going to say Ed never really evolves, at least from my memory in the episodes we watch, where no. she always is this sort of comedy relief. Like a good contrast of her is Saul Goodman, where Saul isn't written out of the show despite being the comic relief because he still grows and evolves in the tone of the show, and so he can still find a place. While Ed can't fit into the heavier scenes of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he a big, tough crook? Smallest of the small fries. Spike's gonna hate it when I tell him about it. Ugh. Edward wants chocolate! But also, huh. like, for other episodes, like, brings that little touch of levity that I think the show kind of needs a little bit. And then there's and then there's Mushroom Samba, which is all Ed. And I... And I yeah. I put Mushroom Samba on our list because I don't want to like dive too much into like speculation on what the what the live action show is going to be. I want that to stand on its own, and I'm going to watch it and give it you know its own shot, and we'll see how that all all shakes out. But I think there's a lot of people who in, who are like every episode of Cowboy Bebop was like brooding and existential and blah blah blah, and then Mushroom Samba is you know Ed uh, trying to find food and gets the whole crew high on mushrooms. <laughs> and the dog mm-hmm. and dime and <laughs> yep yep did this um 
Sorry, I was just dumbing. I was going to say, did this show make anybody else uh, want a corgi? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're good dogs. My my wife really wants a corgi, so uh, it feels inevitable someday, <laughs> um, which is, is fine. Now, now, Nick, you had texted me when we were talking about Bebop. You had said that you, you would watch this and had shown it to your wife, but you weren't sure how much she was feeling it. She is into it um but not i think similar with 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 steph right like it's um uh, there's something about that i think is appealing to her um because she like she doesn't really care about say like the action sequences and stuff and certain honestly like in revisiting it in some cases the episodes can be a little slow um Mm -hmm. which is is okay but not necessarily you know for everyone and uh so but it's funny because when we were watching it uh, we were watching the first couple of episodes actually like you know we have we have a a, a relatively new kitten you know that's pouncing around and all of that and like and like but every time my wife would look away i would pause the show and it's <sighs> like it felt so i mean we watch we've watched you know plenty of tv and movies and stuff and sometimes you know she's knitting or i'm doodling or like we're not always 100% focused on it and for whatever reason with cowboy bebop <laughs> I almost it almost felt compulsive. It was just like, oh, she's not looking. I'm gonna pause uh-huh. it and wait for her I get to this. pay attention. And she was like, stop <laughs> pausing it. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't stop myself from like you have to watch it. Yeah. Even, um, even as much like I'm with you. Steph was the same way. Like I would notice she'd be on her phone. I'm like, that beep, but bebop's on. And it's like not that you and I are those people of like you have to watch the thing, but there's just like with how important this was to us to then like be showing it to the people that we like that we love and, and want to want to potentially you know spend our whole lives with. Right. Uh, to, they need to like this. Right. It's like it's like so. Here's this thing that was really um, influential and informative on me. Oh, and you're not you're not paying attention. Okay, um, I'll I'll stop until you are. <laughs> like, and it's not like a like you need to watch this. It's just like. Oh, no, I'll just, I, I, I can wait. Yeah, I think, I think it is funny. And it really speaks to what we were saying, you know, earlier in the episode about how, like, this was such a big touchstone for us. And mm-hmm. I, I think in ways that we can't fully quantify, but just knowing sort of like how autom- automated I was and, or compulsive I was and having to stop the show just so that she would focus on it. And, and we <laughs> which, should say. Um, she was very understanding about, I'm right, sure. Right, and we um, should, we should say, like, it's fine if they don't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Life goes yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Is it not fine? <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, I lost. Uh, oh, back. So sort of on sort of on the Ed track, but uh, it, when you were talking about the last two episodes, which I'm sure we'll keep coming back around to, I also hadn't really remembered that like, there really isn't a send off for say Jet and Faye. No. Um no. it's really just like, oh Spike, uh, he's gotta go take care of his past and um Jet's gonna like wipe, you know, a a screen or something and Faye's just kinda gonna look around the the ship and that's basically it. Yeah, I mean the show was always the Spike show. Um do you guys think that this is something you'd like to see changed in the live action or do you think that it really just should continue to be like what sixty percent spike? I I was thinking about this today actually, and and I would like there to be a little bit of a deepening 
of because uh, they they had their backstories. We learned a fair bit about throughout the show about um, Jet and uh, and and Faye, but they kind of had like one episode each. And you're right; it's like largely the story is Spike. Mm-hmm. But now, like as an adult, I'm I'm so interested in like what happened with Jet and Faye that I'm a little disappointed that like oh, there's just kind of one episode about them, and that's uh, that's primarily it. So I'm hoping. Um, you know, if the if the show is good and does well, that as it goes on, it it gives these other characters who aren't Spike a bit more room to uh, to take the stage, and and we get to like learn more about them and, and deepen them and their relationships. Right. I, I would mm-hmm. say too that the like the live action show can be whatever it wants to be. It, it doesn't have to end at say twenty six episodes. It could mm-hmm. go longer. It could go shorter. Six seasons uh, in a movie. What was that? Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie. Uh, you know, but but I do think I think also by the nature of being live action and like with animated, like the characters aren't real, right? In 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 an animation sense, but in the live action, like you are dealing with real actors who have you know goals and ambitions and stuff like that, and the crew and and I think there's just so much more people involved that if the opportunity presents itself, like why not? expand more on these characters it's an ensemble yeah. cast spike might be the drive and i imagine he'll still it's based on the trailer like he's still very much the driving force of everything well, but it's also hindsight's 2020 right like they have the anime as a reference guide so they can expand on anything that they want to mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's you know it's yeah. john cho and not to say that the other um actors don't have like their own careers and haven't done really great things but it's like if you look at the three of them who's the one everybody's probably most people are gonna be able to pick out it's john cho mm-hmm. yeah though uh i just wish he wasn't so old because i'm worried he physically won't be able to do some of the stunts <laughs> oh, it'll, that, it'll be fine without getting too deep into it i i that was one of my takeaways on the trailer was that the action felt a bit slow like they were sort of choreographing it but not i don't think yeah. choreographing is a word but uh, i mean the, it, the choreography it, it, yeah the choreography still felt a bit slow but uh i mean it still has time to you know i mean i don't know if it's it's probably done done in production right but it could it, the trailers could just be cut poorly uh and the actual product could still be really good fingers yeah. crossed i mean yeah we'll you know we'll see um bringing it back to the anime one thing i remember in like the gap of like from the last time i had watched it to when i watched it again fairly recently had been a number of years probably like but before, since I'd watched like all of it, it had probably mm-hmm. been maybe about ten years. Like I'd probably seen some stuff here and there, but I remember like talking to somebody and then being like, "They they didn't like the movie because uh, the movie didn't have any jazz in it." And he's like, "You know, one of the big point, like one of the whole points of Cowboy Bebop was that it's fight scenes set to jazz." And then I'm watching it again, and I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> That's not what the show is like. There's some jazz sometimes to the fight scenes, but like not all of them." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, without doubt, that the music is the most important part. Oh, it's of it's the show. Huge. Yeah, and I mean, it, the, the theme song's iconic. It's it's one of the the all time greats. Yeah, I never skipped it when I was rewatching it. Uh, how, I mean, if you if how you can did, you, right? If you did, you wouldn't be on this podcast. I can tell you that much. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. Mm, yeah, I, know. I didn't. It was I, very, didn't, I didn't skip it either. I know. I know it was like a Squid Game style system to be able to get on this podcast. Uh-huh. I, uh, yep. <sighs> my apologies um <laughs> i i mean i remember i bought the soundtrack for this and that that this was you know way pre-streaming even like 
then you didn't find a lot of um, foreign stuff like on iTunes and all that. So I had to like buy the physical disc from the that Samurai Comics that I was talking about. And they had to like order it from like their special, you know, because you couldn't walk into a Best Buy and just pick up the the Cowboy Bebop CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days when music was hard to get, and if it was uh, encoded with the Japanese track titles and you put it in your computer, well, good luck. <laughs> Hope if you're at, at, at best, you'll have a bunch of little squares. <laughs> that, at that worst, are... you just ruined your computer. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't miss. Uh, so I I do want to talk about Faye briefly. Primarily, I, uh, man, Faye's outfit is something. yeah. It's uh, they definitely made a good call changing it. <laughs> yeah, I saw some defense of Faye's outfit from the anime, being like, "No, it's feminist." It's like, no, it ain't. No, no it's not. <laughs> it's it's the male gaze all over. Right. It's not yeah. like this was a project, like this was a, a, a base, I think other than like Yoko Kano, as far as, I mean, maybe there were other, you know, female designers or, or animators and stuff working on the show. But as far as the creative driving force, it was basically all male. It was originally geared towards like adolescent boys. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's very like that cl- classic anime leery, you know, the way that like the camera pans mm-hmm. over certain parts of her body at certain points. Like it's all just there for that, really. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, this was also these were the years shortly after this that I was going to Anime Expo in, in California. And uh, everybody knew to be on the lookout for Manfei. Manfei. Yeah. Oh man, I remember Manfei cheese. That is an ancient memory of awakened. <laughs> You're welcome. I remember one year Manfei was not allowed inside of the convention, and that yep. was, it was a whole big deal. How dare they? It, yeah, I mean, to be fair, why why wasn't Manfei allowed in? I who even knows at this? I'm sure somebody does, and there's but I mean, at it's at this point, it's been 15 years, probably longer than that. Let's be honest. Um, I don't, I don't remember. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, besides Spike, who's your favorite Cowboy Bebop character? Jet. Yeah. No man. doubt. Uh, yeah. Jet's like, he's, he's the Piccolo of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and Piccolo, Piccolo is the Piccolo of Dragon Ball Z. There you um, go. I mean, I, I, that's actually a pretty good description of Jet. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine Spike having a kid and just leaving it with Jet, and that's how the series ends. And that kid's name, Goku. <laughs> oh, it was that's... a prequel all along. Um, I yes. mean, that would that would make sense. I mean the 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 series really does just kind of end, huh? It really does. Did you guys think he died? Yes, Spike dies. Okay, because I was arguing with my friend. I was like, it seemed pretty unambiguous that he died. Oh, oh, yeah. There's like, the, you know, there's the story and there's a the whole thing about the star in the star. Like they show a star, you know, going out and then like the shooting star at the end. Like it's pretty clear. I feel like it is one of those endings, though, where like conventional wisdom is he's dead. I mean, even I think like after the credits rolled, there was like a just a final sort of black and white scene of just him laying there with his eyes closed 
but there was also part of me that felt like his injuries well intense you know he he could have he could survive. I mean, he could have just passed out from blood loss or what uh, have you. I mean, many... there's also a gang of guys, you know, standing near him, like right not exactly going to be like, well, yeah. we're going to take him to get medical treatment. You know, sure. like he's probably screwed no matter what. But is he actually dead in that scene? I I do think it's one of those like seventy percent sure he's dead, but thirty percent, you know, if we ever really wanted to come back to this, which presumably never will, um, knock on wood. Uh, you know, it's it's not a given that he's dead. They could say that like his past has finally been killed. Well, yeah. How many times has this conversation been had on internet forums? Yeah. Uh since since two thousand and one, you know. I I I'm firmly in camp Spike died. Like hype you know, hypotheticals me. But the fact that there is no like further continuation of the series, like I know there was the manga, but the manga takes place during the show. Like, I mm-hmm. just think it's, you know, it's the ending. It's Spike confront, like, it's the whole thing. You can't really escape your past, and, and Spike's past was pretty deadly, and it, it caught up to him, and then he died. Yeah, it was a poison needle, or poison spike, if you will. I'll also say that with, um, like, Vicious in my memory, you know, I mean, he was still, he was still pretty vicious, <laughs> but, but he... I didn't think he didn't like come across as like cool or anything. He's, He's almost got like that Sephiroth. There's a Final Fantasy yeah. VII reference again, you know, sort of quality about him where aesthetically he's, you know, he's, he's intriguing, but really he was just kind of a bad, you know, just, he was just a bad dude that wanted to take over the syndicate and kill people from his past. Like it, mm-hmm. the, the show based on its aesthetic and its and its charm and the music mm-hmm. and the, the character direction and all that like elevates it. But other than that, he's fairly basic. I, spy, uh, Vicious is a trope. Vicious is just like, like you said, like very Sephirothy. And I'm sure, you know, if we <laughs> spend a little time could come up with more like examples, but yeah, I mean, he's just, he's the long haired bad guy that uses a sword, even though there's guns. <laughs> yeah i thought that was kind of crazy how spike runs up to the sword guy right. so his sword can be effective <laughs> right hey you know what's effective at a range outside of sword gun a gun yeah <laughs> could... that's true i didn't yeah. even think of that crap i never think of that stuff when i'm watching you never it. think of that and when you're, you're right. fighting a guy with a sword and you've only got a gun you're like i better get up there and like, make it even like uh, of I course fight... they've got to have a fight I thought you were like, oh, I never think of just shooting the guy when I'm attacked by swordsmen. Right, <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> From a distance. Ah, <laughs> this is why I keep getting stabbed. Ow. Oh, is there anything else? I mean, I know we've been talking really kind of the broad strokes of Bebop. Um, is there anything else? Like, there's episodes we didn't get a chance, and I, and I don't know uh, what, what, David, that you'd watch, like, in addition to what I told you. But I mean, like, there's episodes mm-hmm. where there's, like, there's like the little boy who's really like a hundred years old uh, and witnessed like his whole family dying in a meteor shower. Like there's some really heavy, heavy stuff yeah. there. Um, but we've kind of <laughs> talked in broad strokes about it. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Anybody wants to bring up? Um, so I unfortunately only had a chance to watch the five episodes you recommended. How I watched. dare you? Uh, I, and just, I do have a story where I met the writer of Cowboy Bebop. So oh, let me know if ooh, you want me to tell that I story go, at some point. Go for yes, it right, right now. Right now. Yes. So, uh, so speaking of conventions a little while ago, uh, I full disclosure am the guy who dresses as 
Faye Valentine, so it's very personal. Oh, but uh, no, um, I actually won a raffle um, at New York City Comic Con 2019, and one of the prizes I was able to collect was getting to meet the actual writer of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool to get to meet him. I actually have in my apartment a signed poster of him from Cowboy Bebop the movie, and we actually each person was allowed to ask him one question. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then right. I feel like this would be like good Patreon bait where you're like, you can hear what David found, what secret David found out about Cowboy Bebop on the Patreon. Well, <laughs> hey, you know what? Here's what we're, I want you to to tell us, but I'm here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick it at the end of the episode that will only be on the Patreon bonus feed. Ooh, I get a cut of that then, right? Anyway, tell us your story. <laughs> sure. Well, so cool. I, yeah, yeah, it always just really stood out to me as an interesting choice that he made with the series. Mm, yeah, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Nick, do you have anything as interesting as that? Uh, no. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. Like Squid Games, you've been eliminated. I, I, I remember, you know, there's like that picture of Benedict Cumberbatch dressed as Spike. Oh, I'm so glad it's not been a Cumberbatch. What if it was Keanu Reeves? I, I mean, if we're doing mm-hmm. old Spike now, I'm in. Why, why couldn't it be a Benedict Cumberbatch, per se? I don't mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that it couldn't be. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be that guy that it couldn't be. But yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, I don't know. Just doesn't, doesn't for me. He's, I love him as Doctor Strange. I think he's a really, really good Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. He just, and you know, maybe he would be a really great Spike. But I don't know. I, why'd you put me on the spot like this? I don't have a good I don't reason. Know. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, <laughs> is this where we go to that new segment exclamation point? <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. Uh, didn't have time to 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 do uh, that this no. week. Uh, well, we'll, yeah. we'll just cut that part yeah, out. That's no, fine. Well, we obviously have some thoughts, and I, and I wish that we had so much more time to to talk about Cowboy Bebop and really start digging into some of the episodes because there's also some like great quotes and great lines from from mm-hmm. some of these characters we haven't gotten to talk about. But this is the part of the show where we have to ask the question. Does this stay in the Hall of Memory, or is it worth visiting again today? David, you came on here as the guest, so you go first. Now it's like the first time in 10 years that you've watched Cowboy Bebop. Are you interested in going out and viewing some more? Were you like, oh, yeah, no, that's a really great part of my past, and uh, I'm going to see what else is on. Uh, I think definitely I would rewatch Cowboy Bebop once every 10 years. It hasn't aged quite as beautifully as I was hoping. Like, to be honest, I am also not a fan of the more episodic format mm. where it would have been great if there was something. Also, the voice acting, despite it being probably the gold standard of the time, some of it really hasn't aged as well as I would have thought. Like, there's definitely better performances out of the cast as they got more experience. Mm. Um, also, I found on Netflix the sound quality was really poor. And I don't know if that was due to Netflix or of just Bebop, the, but the like, sound, if you really, what? Yeah, I was gonna say the sound mixing actually from this it was terrible because I've watched it yeah. on Hulu, I've watched it on the Blu-rays, and there's times where the dialogue is so quiet, but everything else is like so loud. Yeah, but just like from a sheer audio quality oh, standpoint, yeah. it seemed to not be. It seemed to be overly compressed. Mm. So I don't know if that damages why I think some of the performances seem kind of wooden, but mm. like watching episode twenty-six. Like all the dialogue from who is the like his brother, his friend's brother just kind of comes out of nowhere. Shin. 
Chinny, Cherry. Yeah, yeah, that guy, like all his his voice acting really wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, everyone was great, but like Jet by far is the wet, best acted character. Oh, along with maybe Ed, but like even Spike, like you could tell that this was not uh, Steve uh, Bloom was mm-hmm. still gaining experience in voice acting when he was doing this role. I, not I, to say his voice wasn't perfect for this, though. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. I, I really do. I think that uh, Jet is probably the most pitch perfect character and and Spike and Faye, while being really good, um, do have their more like wooden moments or. Yeah, they're just like, you know, they're still a little early in their craft. But this is still the only anime where I have never, ever heard the Japanese voice cast. Mm-hmm. Um and I think even Shinjiro Watanabe has even like praised the the English voice acting for it. Um, it's just for some reason, just I haven't done it. Anyway, Nick, what about you? I yeah, when 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 my wife and I sat down to watch it, it there was like she would prefer to watch it with the Japanese uh, audio, um, and then. Uh, I in my head again it was just like no like this is like it's it's so iconic like you have to hear Spike's voice which to be fair once she heard Spike's voice she was like she was all okay she was like she was all good she was um um but um yeah we're now divorced and she has I was gonna say she's married but not that married (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and um yeah so to, to me the voices i agree like you know the the maybe it was just the the streaming versions or whatever like the audio wasn't always synced up and all that um but spikes for like all their voices are just iconic in my mind regardless of overall quality like steve blum it was actually funny because uh i was watching it on hulu well i was watch i was watching the, the last episode or finishing the last episode while i was washing dishes uh and you know my hands are wet and the uh, the episode ends and then it like it actually automatically transitioned over to samurai shampoo and then it, the, for the english dub and it, i didn't i had forgotten that steve bloom was also the voice of mugen who is basically the spike spiegel of samurai shampoo oh, yeah. and yeah. it somehow wasn't working for me like it was it's just too spike <laughs> yeah he's also the voice of um kakashi i believe in, in uh Naruto. steve bloom no that's uh yeah. ian wittenberg he actually voiced orochimaru Oh, oh, which is why. impressive because in the Japanese version, he's Orochimaru's voiced by a woman. Oh, well, hmm, cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. This but, is um, what happens when we bring somebody with more knowledge on these things than me on the show. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, a fun fact, he actually is married to the woman who played um, the what's the name of the blonde woman from the last episode? Julia. Julia. He, yeah, he actually is married to Julia's voice actress. Oh, that's cool. Mm hmm. Well, I'm glad they were able to escape escape a life. Of crime. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I agree that the show has still largely held up. Um, it's aged a bit, uh, but I don't think in any sort of like largely negative ways. There's no like su- no super offensive stereotypes, though. There were some some uh, characters of color that I was like, Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very 1998 uh, Japan right there. Yeah, um, but overall, you know, I still was enjoying the show. But I and, I and I would say that like it's worth checking out. But I really want to encourage people to check out some of uh, Shinjiro Watanabe's like other work because I think there's some really great stuff out there that hasn't gotten as much attention. 
Um, if you like Cowboy Bebop, you'd probably like Samurai Champloo. I'm I'm with you, David, that like I'm not a, as big a fan of like the episodic stuff these days. I like a story, but I'll make an mm-hmm. exception for something like Bebop. But Samurai Champloo, while having more of a story, is still fairly episodic. Space Dandy is a comedy, which works more episodic. But Carol and Tuesday, Carol and Tuesday is really, really good. Um, I watched it all about a year, year and a half ago at this point and really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's like a totally different tone, but um, I think I think it's really good and really worth checking out. And that is all on Netflix if people want to uh, mm-hmm. want to give that a go. So those are our thoughts. We, of course, want to know what you think, listening audience. Hit me one more pod on the socials or hit me one more time.com slash contact for ways to reach out to us. This is the part of the show where we find out. And I say thank you to David for being here today. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me on. It was a ton of fun. I absolutely had a blast. And I'm really glad that I had a reason to rewatch the classic that is Cowboy Bebop. Uh, we're, we're glad we could provide that to you. Where can people find you and find Shonen Flop? So you can find Shonen Flop at shonenflop.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast. And then uh, we're pretty much on every major site uh, or podcast listening, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Patreon, you know, you name it. We're on it. If we're not on it, let us know and we'll put ourselves on there. There you go. And this is everybody's favorite part of the show. Nick, thank you for being here. This is going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank, thank you. Always happy to be here, David. And where where can people find uh, find what you're up to? They can always find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at palblamshazam. Uh, check it out, people. If you want to find me, it's Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there. Listening audience, thank you for being here today. We do the show for you. We do the show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time.